0: Hello and welcome to the Cynical Podcast, where we take deep dives into the shallow waters of today's blockbuster movies, star-studded films, and most hyped popcorn flicks. We're your hosts, Will, Malika, and Clacia, and today we will be discussing the newest release from HBO Max. Mortal
1: Kombat. Finish him.
0: Okay, everyone, as always, this is your spoiler warning. If you haven't seen the movie, that's okay. You can still listen, but we are going to spoil the entire movie for you. So
1: be warned. Wouldn't there have to be like a discernible plot to be spoiled?
2: (laughs) Fair enough. Honestly, if you knew the plot of this movie, probably wouldn't affect anything. So listen on in.
0: So speaking of the plot, the plot recap, as provided by Letterboxd, is as follows.
1: Shout out Letterboxd. Sponsor us.
0: Washed up MMA fighter Cole Young, unaware of his heritage and hunted by Emperor Shang Tsung's best warrior, Sub Zero, seeks out and trains with Earth's greatest champions as he prepares to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high stakes battle for the universe.
1: Is that what happened? <laughs> See, Is that what
0: happened? That's a
2: movie I'd like to watch. Is that what we Is ended up Is that what watching? the summary was? Is that what we saw? Ooh, I think Letterboxd was way too generous. <laughs> way too generous.
0: So let's get into first impressions. Let's do it. (laughs) Malika, you can go first.
2: Uh, I think I've already spoiled my own first impression (laughs) here, but honestly, the CGI was super cool. I feel like I said the same thing about our previous podcast for um, Godzilla vs. Kong. The CGI was really, really cool, but the acting was subpar, the script, oof. Like, sometimes a character would open their mouth, and I would I would just cringe because it just was so bad what they were saying. I think that there were some fun elements, but honestly, for me, the first 10, 15 minutes that took place in what I think is Japan almost ruined the movie for me because, like, that was a movie I wanted to watch. I was super into it. The guy who plays Scorpion, Hiroyuki Sanada, he's really good. I've seen him in stuff. And, I don't know, it just set the stage for a certain movie. And I was like, oh, great, maybe, like, is going to be his daughter. You know, Raiden saves a daughter. So I, to me, I think, like, I was so excited from that first bit of it that everything else that followed disappointed me. So I'm trying to imagine if that didn't exist and I just went in, you kind of start with Cole, and you're like, okay, you're kind of level set. Like, this is what you're going to get. Maybe I wouldn't have been so disappointed in the end. What did you think, Clay?
1: See, I had the complete opposite in that I had zero expectations. So the beginning of the movie was just like, wow, this was actually pretty good. And the rest of the movie was like, this is absolutely insane. And I was okay with that because I've like I've said, very low expectations for video game movies. So it was more so like I viewed the beginning as a treat more so Mm. than setting up a a different movie that I would have rather have wanted to see because I was just like, I've seen the original Mortal Kombat. It was fucking trash, but in the same way that all of the (laughs) nineties video games, movies were trash, you know, it was just like, can't be terrible acting. I think a lot of the same points that you hit on. So like, I was more like willing to be pleasantly surprised by certain things than comparing This movie to maybe better movies in similar genres and other genre fair.
0: Yeah. My summary of the movie, not the plot, is it's almost an experiment. What would happen if we took a straight DVD level plot, (laughs) writing, directing, but gave it huge blockbuster money for the CGI and effects? And this was the result a pretty bad movie. That had some really cool scenes, and I guess it wasn't even cool scenes; it was more just cool CGI. Yeah, and to the point about the, the
1: straight-to-DVD. Pretty good.
0: Some of them were enjoyable, yes. For the most part, I think a lot of them were disappointing to me. But when it comes to the straight-to-DVD quality, writing and directing. That's almost not an exaggeration at all. Simon McQuoid, this is literally his only feature-length film director credit on IMDb. He only has two credits total, and one is a video short from 2014. So this is literally his first project. And same goes for the main writer, Greg Russo. This is his only writing credit on IMDb. So two complete newcomers, and it showed.
1: If anything, I feel like that actually gives this movie more credit, because I've seen seasoned directors and writers produce crap nearly as bad as this, and I feel like I would have greater expectations of people that have done this before.
2: Yeah. I think for me, what makes this a bad movie is that it wasn't fun enough. Like, I think it could have been. Like, it's Mortal Kombat. Like, I went into this movie not knowing anything. I didn't. I purposely didn't watch the trailer. I didn't look up the cast. And so... I know I did actually go in with pretty like middle to low expectations. I'm like, okay, I've seen the you know the campy movie. I know like it's a video game movie. It's only got so much to build off of. But then as I said, like that first few minutes of it, the first 15 minutes of it, made me want so much more. And I was like, Oh, I got a taste of so like what this could be if done well. If you'd just gotten a really good writer to give Kano actually witty lines to say instead of like the random shit that he was spewing. It could have been a fairly decent film. It had a lot of like the elements there.
0: So I think we should take a second to talk about the source material. And the legacy of Mortal Kombat as a whole coming into this movie. Because I'm sure there are people who don't know a whole lot about Mortal Kombat. People probably have some sort of idea. It's a fighting game. But that doesn't really capture what the legacy of Mortal Kombat is coming into this movie. Because Mortal Kombat is, first of all, one of the most successful video game franchises of all time. But the legacy goes beyond that. It was one of the first... Ever video game scare games, which cause Congress to get together and talk about the effect of violent video games on kids. And as a result, the game leaned even further into their violence and gore and almost campiness. The most recent game I've played was on the PlayStation 3. And this is going to come up again later in some of my criticisms of this movie. But the fatalities in that game are they're almost hard to watch when you're playing, where they're ripping entire spines and skulls and smashing Ugh. them. Very, very detailed animations of completely destroying human and non-human bodies.
3: Yeah, for sure. I just stuck to Babalities and friendships. Yes. Yes. Personally.
0: <laughs> so that was a little bit of history of Mortal Kombat what the source material is and setting our expectations of what to expect on screen when we're coming into this movie. So off of that, let's take a minute to talk about the characters and the actors that we saw in this movie, the newcomer, both as an actor and as a character in the mortal Kombat universe is Cole young is the name of the character played by Louis tan. So he's a new character that hasn't been in Mortal Kombat entries up to this point. And he was supposed to be what we would say the audience avatar, more of your everyday straight man who comes in and learns and is our entry into the world of the multiple realms and Mortal Kombat fighting. What did you guys think of Louis Tan as Cole Young?
2: Uh, I mean, if you're going to introduce a new character, make him cooler. (laughs) I should say. And also maybe hire someone who is a better actor. If he's going to be the character that you follow throughout this film, like, I don't know. I just didn't find him likable or like I didn't, wasn't rooting for him. I was like, okay, cool. There he is, you know?
1: Yeah. He wasn't a compelling character. And he fell into some
0: classic tropes of basically wanting the audience to feel sympathy for him and relate to him just because he's married and has a child. That was more or less the character's entire motivation. Yeah,
1: I mean, they absolutely gave him a wife and a daughter just to give him something to lose. Like, it's the classic, (sighs) you know. Fridging them. (laughs) Fridging, yeah, yeah, fridging trope of giving the character somebody they care about that is vulnerable so that they can unlock their full potential, whatever. This would have been a, such a stronger movie if we didn't even need right. the wife and the daughter. I mean, obviously, we could have also done without Cole because, to your point, Will, he was a invented character for the movie. But if you're going to have that character do something a little bit more interesting with him, than you would typically see in a kind of adventure movie like this.
2: And it's just such a pet peeve of mine. Like, we've talked about other movies in the pod where, like, a character will have a wife or a child just to make them seem more relatable. And I'm like... Those characters deserve better than just to soften you or give you a heart male character. And that definitely was the case here.
0: Even in the letterboxed summary, they talked about how he's a washed-up MMA fighter and gets chosen because of his lineage to enter this Mortal Kombat tournament. His character didn't really have an arc beyond that of being a washed-up MMA fighter. Even when they go to the realm to train he quits because he's not good and he's not strong and then he leaves and then all of a sudden his inner power saves him when goro comes to kill him right so it's not like he even had development beyond oh i still care about my wife and daughter so i'm gonna go home and quit and then they reward him anyway and they say okay here you go you figured out your
1: special power yeah. His
2: only arc is that at the beginning he didn't use his uppercut like his daughter told him to, and then towards the end. He did. That was his arc, Will. <laughs> right yes, there.
1: a literal arc. An uppercut, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Though, to be fair, I think the characters kind of unlocking their arcana, if you will, like that gives them their special power. None of them actually really overcame anything, and it's kind of implied that Raiden specifically sent him home and let Goro find him in order to kind of force him to feel actual fear and that is what unlocked his arcana so it wasn't so much even an arc but the way in which you received your special powers was more so you either feeling uninhibited or you kind of being confronted with like your worst fear and that's what gave you your arcana so it makes sense in that regard but yeah as a character arc it's a little dissatisfying
0: but even the other champions of earth so Jax and Kano at least they struggled with finding their Arcana and had to fight and keep on getting knocked down and knocked down and knocked down until they found their inner strength and that Arcana released itself and they overcame it through their training. The fact that he never really dedicated himself to overcoming his barriers and knocking down those barriers in order to earn his Arcana and he quit and then got them anyway, that, stood out to me as not satisfactory you don't really see him busting through the barrier to find it he's getting his ass kicked and he's on the edge of death and then the arcana is like fine here you go i'm here
1: i didn't think kano earned his either like i guess like i didn't think any of the characters particularly earned it so i didn't have a problem with the way that cole got his power because kano literally just got negged too hard like (laughs) none of them really overcame much of it if anything maybe Jax. You could argue because he got his arms ripped off. Yeah, he got his (laughs) arms ripped off, but none of them really had overcome anything. They were training in a closed environment and it was all just, here's some training exercises. Like, what did they really overcome?
2: I'm with Clay on this one. I don't think I needed them to overcome anything. Honestly, I just needed him to be cooler. Like, it wasn't (laughs) exciting. Like, oh, you're wearing a shirt now?
1: It's a golden woven
2: shirt. (laughs) That was boring to me. Like, that's what I wanted. You know, he had like scissor hands or something like that. Random and cool. I don't know if they're weird. <laughs> don't take that suggestion, Hollywood. Yes. Something that like was just hands. more than just a shirt. I would have been there for it. I think I was just bored by him.
3: I mean, hands is already taken because that's Baraka. True, but I guess that's in like the sequel.
1: Yeah, I guess ultimately too, like it didn't come off very clearly. But I think his power—it wasn't just the shirt. I think it's like a magic fiber that can turn into weapons. So his power isn't just like having sure. a bulletproof <laughs> yeah. sure. shirt. It's like but that's
2: what it came off as, right? Until yeah. he actually uses it. So, like, give me something more visually appealing. Is basically what I was asking yeah.
1: for. I almost think of it as like, do you guys remember in Hercules where he had, like, Hercules has to sacrifice himself, and like the Fates are like cutting the string to his life force, and then it's like he's sick, he saves himself, so it turns gold and they can't cut it. Like, that's basically the fabric that makes up What's
2: culture. the matter with
3: these scissors? <laughs>
1: exactly.
2: Oh, my God. That's I love exactly tea it. to bring Disney into everything.
3: <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, the bracelet that turned into that sweater thing that he wore that absorbed energy or whatever, <laughs> I feel like that could be a wink to the friendship fatality any thoughts
2: yeah possibly i think there was like easter eggs hidden throughout this oh yeah
0: i think there could be the only counterpoint i would add is those other winks weren't as much of winks as they were like slaps in the face when afterwards (laughs) after kung lao fatality the flying girl melina he put
3: his hat? hat back on and he was like flawless
0: victory
2: like, yeah, that was too <laughs> on the nose. Agreed. No, I feel what? like that. I feel like no, that they should have been. Into that yeah, more.
3: I feel like that's the part where they should have leaned way harder into it because that was the part that like made it comical instead of like a horror. Yeah. So, this kind of leads into
0: something I wanted to talk about with Mortal Kombat, which was video game movies as a whole and common pitfalls that video game movies fall into. And I feel like this is a theme with every single video game movie where there's a line of on the nose camp that comes with adapting a video game into a movie. And it's very hard for a lot of these movies to toe that line. And so when they can't toe the line, it results in just a weird mess of not being totally cohesive or focused. Whereas I feel like a lot of times they need to just bust through that line one way or the other, either completely avoid any of the camp and try and make it more of a serious film or just lean as much as possible into that.
2: And that's my issue with this movie also is that I feel like it didn't know which one it was going to be at any certain time. Like, yes, I agree with you. that fatality lines were campy, but like give me more than that. But then other times they were trying to take themselves too seriously. felt really disjointed and like the movie wasn't sure what it wanted to be. Kind of like Mulan where like it was trying to be too many things in a lot of ways. Like that's how I felt about this. It didn't have like a point of view and like stuck to it. And I think that's the biggest issue.
0: Even speaking of Kung Lao, when he did Fatality, Melina, and sawed her body in half down (laughs) the middle. Yeah, I believe that's called a hat-slice vivisection. A (laughs) hat-slice vivisection. That's also my pitch perfect. (gasps) When I saw that, my reaction was, yes, this is what I want more of. Just over-the-top, gore, fatality moves. The whole movie, I would have been fine if it was just fights ending in brutal fatalities like that. Right. And every time having someone say fatality.
2: I agree with you, I think having it
1: every time might've been a little too much. (laughs) I actually thought they peppered in a lot of the Easter eggs, like a good amount, but yeah, I think tonally they could have leaned more into the camp just in general. Right. Like, and ultimately I think a lot of that just comes back to Cole being the main character. If you really think about the parts of the movie that seem to take itself too seriously or kind of dull, it's all around Cole. So like, Really, if you take Cole out of the movie, the rest of it's not bad.
2: Yeah, like Sonia could have been a great main character to follow, especially since she didn't have the the tattoo. Like, how does she get it? How does she get you know? And everybody she did all together? the investigative work, right? She does all the work. She brings She's everybody the together. She found like, everything out exactly. And I just feel like they didn't give her her due at all. Like she was sort of like strung along for most of the movie, and then only in the end that she finally kills Kano and gets her tattoo. I'm like, well, why couldn't you have had her be badass from the beginning? Why did the only female character have to earn her way into the boys' club? You know what I mean? Like that is like,
1: oh. don't get me started on why the black guy was the only person fucking disfigured. Like right off the bat, off. Like, I was like, Kano's wow. eye was barely messed up. Like in the video games, Kano is straight up just missing an eye and has a laser eye. Yeah, and in this, he just got scratched a little bit and he was pr- kind of fine. Like. Why did Jax have to lose both his arms? But Jax <laughs> did
0: get the second best fatality when he, he smashed right. the guy's head with his arms. That was true. You're right. That's that true. Was true. That is true. Well, and to the point of leaning into the source material all the way, to me, the three best characters were Kano, Scorpion, and Sub-Zero. And the three of them were almost the most ridiculous and over-the-top But they're the ones that work the most for me. Sub-Zero was totally badass. The only part of the movie that I thought was really great. Yeah. And he was kind of terrifying. And his powers were over the top. And same with Scorpion. He literally came back from the depths of hell at the very (laughs) end of the movie. And his face melted off as he was breathing fire on Sub-Zero. And I was like, yes, this is exactly what this movie should be from start to end. But none of the other characters kind of, one, fit the bill of what their source material character was, or two, leaned far enough into the ridiculous aspects of those characters.
2: And I think the issue with video game movies is that like there's three main types of storytelling, right? You've got character-driven, you've got plot-driven, and then you've got world-driven. And uh, video game movies tend to be more of the last one, like world-driven, because they you don't really need super intricate backstories when you're playing a video game, not like you do in a novel or a graphic novel or something like that. But when you're dealing with that, where you're just dealing with a really cool world and no like, characters that you're rooting for or no storyline built in, it's a lot more work for the filmmakers. They're stuck with the rules of this world, but they don't have any like built-in storylines to work from.
1: Yeah, it's almost like, you know how when you're like taking high school English and they would have you do those writing exercises where it's like, imagine you're in a world where X, Y, Z, write a story. Like that's what this felt like, like baby's first writing prompt. And yeah, maybe if this had been in the hands of a more experienced writer and director pair, like we could have gotten something a little bit more substantial because I do think that it's possible To create a good video game movie, not because of evidence of having had good video game movies, but just because (laughs) to your point, Malika, I do think it's possible to have good world driven stories. So I think it just takes someone looking at it with a very unique angle or just something that's going to resonate with the culture for a moment in time, whatever it might be. It almost feels like, it's kind of seems silly to say this, but this could be like HBO's next Game of Thrones in a lot of ways because you have a lot of the elements built in and you can literally just like, they did it, they created a character. So why can't you just take some of these existing characters, maybe create some new ones and really build an intricate, interesting, fun world to kind of just live in and just like let your brain turn off and just like experience what's happening. And maybe we'll get that because it definitely seems like this movie has been a financial success, if not a critical one, and there's likely to be more sequels. So maybe if there's another version of this, so we'll get something that's a little bit more polished later on.
0: Yeah, and the parallel I would draw, even though it is technically a different type of source material, but I would draw a parallel to Deadpool, wherein both the source material of Deadpool and Mortal Kombat are over the top, very gory, very nod nod wink wink kind of meta commentary around their characters and the role that the source material is serving in the real world and the Deadpool movie very much leaned into it as much as possible I think that's what people liked about it Deadpool was talking to the audience it was over the top gory over the top ridiculous but they had the director and the actor to pull that off and have the charm and charisma that allowed the audience to buy into what they were trying to do. This movie, first of all, didn't attempt to lean into it as much into the camp of the original source material. And two, none of the cast or crew, I think were rightfully equipped to take on that challenge.
2: I almost feel like it's disrespectful to Mortal Kombat. So I'm like, this is a property that people have loved for a long time in various forms. Whether you love the campiness of the previous movies or you grew up playing the video games, like I just feel like why couldn't they just give this movie a seasoned director and somebody who actually knows how to write dialogue? And we could have had a, a, a fun movie here. As I was saying, I feel like I'm being repetitive. I'm just like it, it. just could have like amped it up and bit like. Oh, it, it could have been so good. And I always get mad more when there's potential. Like, if it's just a bad movie and there's nothing there, I'm like, okay, fine, this is a
3: throwaway. But
2: when there's actual potential, that's when I get more riled up. And that's what this is doing to me.
3: Is there potential, though? A video I would argue movie.
1: there isn't.
3: I would I argue there isn't. is. It's such I a think you would have had bar. so much
2: fun with the characters. What would because you like, have
3: expected? They
2: did a good job with some, like the CGI and the fight scenes, right? I really liked when Sub Zero is like freezing people. There's like blood mixing with the ice. Like I thought some of the details were really cool, and I was like, oh wow, they're like this is realistic in, you know, as realistic as somebody who's <laughs> freezing other people with his powers can be. But like there was this, a level of like, oh, okay, cool, you're taking this very seriously, and I see the details there but then other times it was just like all over the place the plot didn't make any sense like why are they constantly talking about a tournament that doesn't happen like it would have been super cool if everything took place in this out world why is it like they're coming to us here on earth like there was a little adjustments here and there first of all casting people would actually act but like barring that like little adjustments here and there you could have like gotten this from being like a d plus movie to like a solid c
1: but I would argue it wasn't trying to be a C movie. Like sure. I I think this movie might be a victim of its own circumstance because I agree that like the the CGI and stuff looked really great, but like that's just a natural progression. Like if you make a Mortal Kombat movie in nineteen ninety-five and you make a Mortal Kombat movie in twenty twenty-one, the CGI is gonna look better. But like ultimately the actual like storyline and the acting and the what should be the more compelling parts of the movie are almost the same. And I would argue that that's what some people are looking for. Like, I think the gauge by which to judge this movie is not, is this a good movie? Because the answer is always going to be no by evidence of all the other video game movies that came before it. But is this a good video game movie? And I would argue it is a good video game movie. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I would say this is a particularly bad movie in a lot of ways, but I enjoyed it for what it was, I think trying to be, which was, the best of the rest and not the exception of the genre, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah,
2: <sighs> I don't know. Some parts of it, when I was watching, it felt like it was trying to be more than a video game movie. That's the vibe I got, but I mean, obviously I we gotta talk the director to get his take on it, but...
0: Well, I kind of agree with Malika only because there were parts of the movie that I thought were really enjoyable. The final fight with Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I said it earlier, but Those two characters were the best characters. It was everything I would want on screen of a fight between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. It was great. It was like perfectly captured what their characters were like in the games. It was fun to watch. It wasn't uber serious, but it was serious enough that I got invested in the fight and there were no other fights in the movie that came anywhere close to the intensity or enjoyment yeah. that I got out of that scene.
1: Really? Not
2: the first fight? I enjoyed every time those two characters were on screen. Like I really enjoyed them both. I
0: guess the first fight between the two of them. But other than that, no.
3: The one with Goro was pretty cool. It it wasn't the best. I, I wish that they would have had Goro later on and made it a little more epic, but yeah I thought the same. I thought, I thought it was pretty cool that they uh chopped off his hands.
0: Yeah, I thought Goro though should have been like saved. For
3: yeah, the end. yeah. I, I mean,
1: I don't think you guys picked this up, but all of those characters were saved. None of them died. True. Like Shang Tsung specifically is like, oh, these are my minions, and he's just gonna bring yeah. them back. Like, but you none of those saved, characters like, are dead.
2: Not used in this movie to be used in a subsequent movie. No, is what you I mean would by saved. be happy
1: if it was used in this movie,
0: but if oh. instead they structured it where all of the other fights happened first, and then they had to take on Goro, and then we got the Scorpion, Sub Zero kind of back-to-back-to-back, to back to back. that's what I would have looked for more out of this than yeah. using Goro to have Cole find his Arcanum.
2: Yeah. I mean, I did read that they were going to have more characters. People were asking about Katana, about you know Johnny Cage and whatnot, and there were other characters that they'd actually filmed to be in this, and they, like culled it down to these characters so like maybe they could have removed a few more and let the ones that they did choose to have in this film really shine
0: and for better or for worse i'm sure there will be more subsequent movies where we will be able to see yeah. some
3: of those characters I mean, I mean there totally was at the very end when they see that the what, johnny the, yeah, poster yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. he's like i'm gonna yeah, go yeah. find I mean, someone it, but in la but i don't
2: think blah, blah, blah. warner brothers has made the call but i think that like should they give the green light there's gonna be like like the Fast and Furious franchise. I'll just keep going. I'm
3: into it.
1: I'm but into I it. I do actually have one criticism in that regard because I feel like with the advent of the MCU that we're getting more of these movies that are just designed to set up sequels. And it's more of like, hey, you want more, don't you? Huh? You want another movie? Yeah. And like, which is fine. Like, I get it. Like, if you have a, a rich IP and you want to milk it for all it's worth, go for it. But the one movie that you make as the first movie still needs to be emotionally satisfying. Like it still needs to be its own complete story. And it, this one did feel a lot like it was just set up for a subsequent movie. And so I think it could have been a little bit more of a complete film in and of itself. And then still had those nods and winks to a second film, but like it could have been more of a, to your point, had a complete arc to Cole's character. I didn't personally mind that we didn't have the tournament Mostly because if you do follow some of the like actual video game storylines, again, I don't know who's playing Mortal Kombat for the stories, but they are there. <laughs> there's not always a tournament. Like There's stuff leading up to it. There's character right. stuff around it. You have the friendship between Liu Kang and Kong Lao. There's other stuff involved in the world besides them playing in this tournament. That's kind of just like the arcade mode that you can constantly do these battles or you kind of get up to a tournament at some point. but. If you're not going to have the tournament, then give me something else satisfying and meaty to like kind of hold on to. And I don't think they did that. Agreed.
2: Or don't mention the tournament. They kept talking about the tournament and it's like the 10th one. And there's this prophecy. Don't even mention that. We don't need any of that. Because it added like unnecessary layer that we didn't get a good conclusion out of. Like, oh, is it over? Was this the tournament? Does this count? Or like what just happened? I mean, but that's a
1: common fantasy trope. Like, Like prophecies get mentioned all the time. They either do or don't get fulfilled to certain levels. It happened in Game of Thrones, happens in Harry Potter. Right, it doesn't
2: have to be tied to the tournament. You can have a prophecy that's not tied to the tournament. And it can be
0: the B story, kind of the underlying story of what's going on behind the actual events of the plot. They use it as the plot and then just kind of veered away from it.
2: There was I no think, B, was was there B story. I
0: was going to say, there actually was no B right. plot, so that's
1: probably yeah, why it, it was It wasn't
2: complex like... enough to have that. It was just like, this is it. This is where
1: we're going.
0: So let's get into the categories. Clay, do you want to get into what was pitch perfect for you?
1: I do. I do. I have to say I very much enjoyed the fatalities in Kung Lao's hat slice vivisection in particular. I felt was pitch perfect. It, To your point from earlier, Will, it completely captured the appropriate levels of camp and silliness and gore that you'd expect out of the video game. And him taking his hat and putting it back on and saying flawless victory at the end was just chef's kiss if you're gonna have one compelling scene that's like if you're gonna show someone this movie be like hey like this is Mortal Kombat I think that's the one scene yeah
0: I agree and I want to just piggyback off that to my what I would have changed because unfortunately for me that Kung Lao fatality was really the only one that went full-on lean into devastating gore and can't campy callback to lines from the video game I think they should have done that all throughout the movie, just lean into the absurdity of Mortal Kombat, the game, because the game is absurd in and of itself. So I wish they would have leaned into that more. And I totally agree. I think that was one of the highlights of the entire movie. So Malika, what about you? Do you have any fun facts about this movie?
2: So I'm cheating, and my fun (laughs) fact is actually not about this Mortal Kombat movie, but it's about Mortal Kombat, so it kind of counts. I was reading that when they first were making this game, they were actually making it to be connected to this Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Universal Soldier, but when it came out, it was such a flop. They were like, okay, we don't want to have this connected to that movie at all. And Jean-Claude Van Damme had dropped out. And so they had this world already built, this fighting game. And so then they made up their own characters. And there's a little bit of a nod to Van Damme with the character Johnny Cage, which I thought was really fun.
0: So we want to discuss the nominees for the J.B. Smooth Award. For those of you who are new, the J.B. Smooth Award is an award we give out based on our first podcast where we watch Spider-Man Far From Home, where J.B. Smoove's character felt like he was just in a completely different movie, totally different from everyone else in the movie. So now we give the J.B. Smoove Award to the person, place, or thing that feels like it was just on a completely different movie than the rest of the scenes, or someone who just didn't really fit in. So my nominee is almost a reverse J.B. Smoove Award, where... Scorpion and Sub Zero for me were the only two characters that worked and felt like they were representing the Mortal Kombat universe successfully. And everything else were the ones that were wrong or out of place. So, kind of a reverse JB's move.
2: My vote would actually be for Cole's daughter and wife. I just felt like they were in a different movie. I don't know what. The- I don't know which movie it was, but it wasn't this one. I think like they could completely have been taken out and nothing would have changed.
1: I'm kind of leaning in your direction, Malika, mostly because I straight up do not remember the character names for the wife and the daughter. They were just sort of there.
0: Never a good sign <laughs> yeah. when you can't remember the character yeah.
1: names. It's not great. It's not great. So, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Cole's family just because it literally could have been excised from the movie and would have made no difference. Versus... Scorpion and Sub-Zero being there but being a class above is just, sort to me, a more redeeming yeah. quality of the movie.
2: They really were. They did such a good job. And it's like, oh, just give them a sitcom. It's kind of like the odd couple with Scorpion.
1: I think that's what happens when you have Sub-Zero. good actors. Yeah. Yes. Like, they can pull off ridiculous roles.
2: But then you, when you have good actors next to subpar actors, it shows the gap a lot more.
3: So I would say my nominee for the JB's Move Award would be Reptile.
2: That's a good one. Get him dirty. That's a good one. Get him
3: dirty. It was like. Hey, they just turned him into a huge lizard, yeah. which in the video games, he's like half human, which like, I don't know, is yeah. weird. They didn't even like call him out. Oh, he was a fighter or anything like that. I don't know. It was just a weird scenario. The only good thing about that was the fatality at the end of pulling out his heart and it's still beating. Like that was the only good part about his character being in the movie. That's a really Agreed. good point. Aaron. I feel
2: like he could have gotten a better fight scene out of it, too. I just was oh, like, yeah. the whole thing was a little blah to me. Um, and you're right, he deserved more. But the fact that there's so many candidates for the JB's Move Award, I think <laughs> it's the first time where we can't decide on one, like that says a lot right there.
0: Technically, I nominated everyone but two characters.
2: You did nominate everyone. <laughs> Maybe that is in the end, Will. You
1: were right. It is everyone. <laughs> Can we do a Mean Girls moment and we break the medal into multiple pieces and yeah. end <laughs> And you get a J.B. smooth, and you get a J.B.
2: smooth. Yeah, I think that's just everybody. Everybody except Sub-Zero and Scorpion gets a J.B. smooth. Okay, I'm into it. Done deal.
0: So I think <laughs> this just about wraps up what we have to say about Mortal Kombat. Let's get into our ratings. Clacia, what would you rate Mortal Kombat?
1: I think I enjoyed this movie more so than you two did. I acknowledge it's not particularly good, but I was fine with that. And I had a lot of fun while I was watching it any movie where I have to pause it because I'm laughing so fucking hard and fist pumping to me, that's a good time. And that happened on more than one occasion. So I would give this movie a 3.25 out of five still beating reptile hearts because I had a lot of fun and I would watch the sequel.
2: Wait, you said 3.25. I said what I said and
1: I numbered what I numbered. Well,
0: that was unexpected. (laughs) To say the least. I
2: know, I'm like shocked. I'm like, what What do, what do I think? I don't know. Malika, like, do you want to follow like up? Flabbergasted.
1: Is this the movie that'll tear us apart?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think this will because I'm thinking this is one out of five friendship bracelets. It just did not work for me. I wanted so much more and I think it could have given it to me, which is why I'm probably more harsh on this movie than some of the other films out there. I just, I wanted more.
0: Yeah, I'm more in line with Malika here. I'll give it a 1.1. 1. 1 out of five Kung Lao hat-slice vivisections. (laughs) I honor it with that object of a rating because that was one of the few things I did enjoy about this movie. It's funny, Claycee, because I felt the opposite. Even comparing it to another bad movie we just did, Godzilla vs. Kong, that one to me was so bad it became enjoyable that I was laughing at it. This to me was never even bad enough that I liked it. It was just bad, bad and kind of yeah. Boring. I kind
2: of wish I was watching with you, Clay, because like I did not fist pump, but maybe if we'd all been in the same room, I would have like felt your energy. Because yeah, that's a
3: good point. It fell
2: flat for me. Next time, uh.
3: Aaron, I feel the opposite of you will, where I definitely felt this was bad enough of a movie that it was enjoyable. It did not lean to the over the top to give it its silliness and made me enjoy the film more. So
0: we all agree that both Kong vs. Godzilla and Mortal Kombat were bad. It's just a question of which one was so bad it came full circle and was enjoyable again.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: Yeah, I felt this one redeemed itself where Godzilla versus Kong did not. What's your rating? I would never oh, yeah, watch that again. I'll give this 3.5 cherished Holy daggers shit. out of 5. Wow yeah
0: wow. high rating
2: this has been the biggest gap for us ever
1: we should do a point spread <laughs> for
2: now. ever wow and i think this is the first time also that i have given the harshest score usually i think I'm that like is like either in the middle or the top and i am now yeah i'm like no
0: we may need to turn to our thousands and millions of fans on instagram to help thousands. settle billions the even billions billions of instagram <laughs> fans
2: one million shout out
0: to all 113 of you that follow us on instagram so i think that's going to do it for us any final thoughts you guys
2: (sighs) no (laughs) i got nothing will i think we've said what he got to say what we have
0: honestly
1: i've said my piece too yeah
0: well then
2: first time ever
0: (laughs) we'll wrap it up thanks for tuning in please be sure to check us out on twitter facebook instagram at Cynical Pod. And as always, please follow our wonderful producer, editor, sound engineer, frequent contributor, Aaron Kelly at AK.audio. And that's all we got. Thanks for tuning in, and we will
3: see you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs>